2: three guys watch the way through sex in the city for the first time ever mostly i'm Corey Cavan. i'm kevin james doyle my name is john sieber and we are delighted today to be with one of our favorites from the show cannot believe we're sitting here with them stanford blatch himself ladies and gentlemen <laughs> willie garson yeah willie thank you for being here
0: it's my pleasure what a delight uh, and uh People who actually uh, don't talk crap about the show
2: and like the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, we, we get that, like, all the time that there are so many people that are like, so you guys actually like it? And they're like, we thought this was a podcast to roast it. And that it's, we've, I was thinking about it today. I mean, we've talked about this, like, on the show before, but it has become a thing that, like, we all obviously really like, but it has also become kind of like a, a social theory for like talking about culture and the world and stuff like that amongst the of course, three of us completely. Of course. Yeah. I mean,
1: you,
0: you, you know, I mean, you guys know this, like 90% of the people who say they can't stand it either only saw an episode and made a decision before they watched that episode that they yeah. made it or they've never seen it at all. Totally. And, uh, you know, and all of a sudden their next door neighbor was, you know, wearing stiletto heels and, then, <laughs> and a glitter, you know, bikini and, and was really into it. So they hate her. So they hate the show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, really, I, I was telling you guys before we started, I was in a hotel room with my son who hasn't watched a lot of it. Now he's old. Um. So he, so we were flipping channels and there was a good episode on and I haven't watched it in like 20 years, that episode. And uh, then we, you know, it's e-channel. So it's on 24 hours a day. Yeah. So then we watched like three more and it was like, it's really funny. It's really
3: funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, it's it is it is so legitimately funny and so like we just the picture I posted today of you and Sarah Jessica Parker. You're you're laughing at something, and there's a few comments in the Instagram of people being like, you could tell that um, your friendship you you were laughing as actors. I think it wasn't during an it was like between scenes or something, but all the dynamic of all the characters and their interactions and the energy is still comes through like 20 years later. Like, I think that it is so dynamic, the, the believability of like the friendships and the banter and the jokes. Like, um, I, I think that for us,
0: for us specifically, like for Sarah, Jessica and I specifically, Mm -hmm. that was like very important. Um, she, she didn't know, I'm sure if you've read about the show, you might know that she didn't know that I was up for the role. I didn't know that she was playing the role. And then oh. I, I heard that she might be up for it. And I came, uh, it was right after my network test at HBO. I heard in the lobby, that other women were there talking about who's going to maybe play Carrie. And I left the audition and I called Sarah. And I said, what is this thing, Sex in the City? Are you doing it? And she said, "I might. I don't know." She goes, "Are you doing it?" I said, "I think so. I'm the only one. I was the only one there to test for Stanford."
1: Wow. And she wow. said,
0: "I don't know. I mean, when you do television shows, people hate you and they write terrible things about you, and they they just love to. You're a target." Um, she goes, "But I think I'll do it." So, so I like to tell people that I convinced her to do it, which is not. <laughs> but I, I always do believe that our friendship showed up on the screen
1: 100%. Like at the end of
0: scene she would reach over and like slap my bald head and she would be doing that with some actor who happened mm-hmm. to be cast
2: mm-hmm. yeah and
0: uh, that shot that shot that you talk about that you put up today um sarah's uh, you know right before we shoot anything uh sarah jessica would say to me tell me a joke wow so you tell the joke they sh- they shout action and we go because we're great. in it. Yeah, and that's that's our friendship. That's not some junkie actor who was hired. Yeah, that's like us hanging out. And you know, we always say if either of us wasn't on it, we'd be there all the time hanging out with our friend on set in mm-hmm. New York. So so it was like a double bonus. How
3: that's special great. is that's so special that that you had a friend and then you got to be in a show with them. Like that is such like a dream.
0: I happened to get on a show with one of my best friends. What? So that wow. was like amazing. Um, it, it, by chance, it happened to me again on white collar. Mm. It's just, that's what happens when you're elderly.
3: Were, we're, <laughs> <laughs> were you friends with Matthew Bomer or who? who? No, I had
0: never, I had never met Matt. I was very good friends with Tim Decay.
3: Okay. Oh, okay.
2: okay. Okay. Well, the thing you said though that, that when you just said that's what happens when you're elderly. I mean, but there is a thing though that seems to be true even through through Sex in the City, and that a lot of you are all st- are still working. That the longer you stick around an industry like this, the more you start to run across people. Probably like the more friends you make, but also the more you start seeing the same people, and that seems to be the case with you and Sarah Jessica. Uh, where, where was the first time that you? met her and came across working with her. Was there an earlier thing you worked on together?
0: No, we never worked together before we went, we met in uh, 1986. Um, we were set up as a dinner date, dinner date to sit next to each other at a dinner party. Okay. Um, I became uh, rapidly much more interested than she was in me. Um <laughs> Uh, but we became really tight friends and she lived in Los Angeles at the time. So we were kind of inseparable for a few years and then she moved back to New York. Uh, and, uh, you know, we still, we, we still, our, our friendship, uh, is intact. So we still talk, you know, close to every day. Um, Really? Yeah. We're going on 30 years. That is wow. wild.
2: How has I, that changed with technology? Did it start that you guys would actually call each other every couple of days and well, then you t- would text and now it's-
0: I'll tell you the best. Right at the beginning of, uh, this is so corny, right at the beginning of Pagers, there was something called uh, Skynet. Yes. Skynet.
2: <laughs> I remember commercials for it, that.
0: It was like this, rectangular, this size too, a rectangular pager and you flip the top open and you could write. It had a keyboard, and you could write and send it. The only problem is you could only send it to other people who had Skynet.
2: <laughs> that so is great.
0: For both Sarah Jessica and I, that was like two people, and she was <laughs> one of them. So we would talk. So we got it. We kind of um, beat the game with the technology. We were right on it. Um, you know the greatest. The greatest story is I had my mother was like a real. Uh, Luddite techn- technologically just not
3: mm-hmm. there
0: at all, and uh, 9/11 happened, and my mother lived downtown, and I'm in I'm in LA freaking out, and my brother is in New Jersey, and I'm literally saying like, oh just drive in and get her, and he's like you don't understand.
1: Oh my god! It's gosh. not like
0: you drive into Lower Manhattan right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: we didn't hear from her for three days. And uh, Sarah Jessica went to my mother's building and walked up 13 flights of stairs.
1: Oh, my God. What?
0: And texted me on that stupid ass Skynet pager. (laughs) Cell phones weren't working. Not that my mother had one, but cell phones weren't working. Nothing was working. And uh, she texted me on my Skynet pager. I'm sitting here having coffee with your mother. Everything's fine.
3: Wow! Oh my gosh!
0: So thank God for the Skynet pager. Yeah, That's for bad. real. <laughs>
3: Our wow, sponsor
1: wild. for this podcast tonight, Skynet pagers. Thank you so much for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I saw I saw Sarah Jessica as Annie when I when I was thirteen. When we Whoa. were both thirteen,
2: <laughs> yeah. That's wild.
3: uh Since we're, uh, what w- did you filmed like a pretty iconic white collar set in L.A. Correct? York. New York. Oh it is. Oh, so you're on yeah, two yeah, you're on two like epic New York shows. And What's and, it?
0: And, and shot I, I literally thought that there's no nothing possible that we could possibly shoot in New York Yeah. after mm-hmm. sex in the city. And we shot everything else we shot on White Collar. And and it was completely different and it looked different. You know, um Sex in the city was very shot like from here
1: because
0: mm-hmm. you had the beautiful faces,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, women. It's good to shoot mm-hmm. also a downward angle and you have the outfit and the shoes and all of that. Uh, white collar was shot up. Interesting. Okay. The building, the architecture, mm. all of that. That was the star. So New York was a star. New York was a star of sex in the city in, uh, emotionally. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, in white collar, New York was a star physically.
2: That's kind of mm. funny. Cause if you watch, I don't know if you watch succession, but succession is like, it's always these like imposing building shots. And you're right. In sex in the city, there's these like straight on there. Wa- you guys are walking in the West village, like shots of like your outfits and stuff. Very like more close up stuff.
0: It's interesting. Like succession. I love succession, but to me it looks like it's shot in Toronto. Like, yeah, I don't, that... I don't, I don't feel New York.
2: Yeah. You just feel you just feel evil you or just maybe, feel the evil of capitalism it's just
0: a much wealthier new york
2: well that's I'm, true though i but, invited you well so this is a question for you is someone who had shot because i know I i i know from our from doing some research and also just we, we were talking earlier about how you've been in so many things and you were on nypd blue um which was that shot in new york
0: no that was shot in los angeles okay with the with the New York street on the Fox lot. Okay. And then Dennis, uh, Dennis Franz and Jimmy and sometimes Nick Turturro would go to New York, okay. uh, like every two or three months and just shoot a couple of days of like running down streets with guns or whatever, just to, okay. so they had it to cut. Okay.
2: Through. Well, cause you were saying, you know, when you watch succession that it feels, it feels like a different New York than what you've known, or maybe it's a wealthier one or something like that. Did, did, did Sex in the City, did it remind you of New York? And does it feel, did it feel like you knew New York when you were doing it?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I remember it early on, why do I think, maybe Bradley Cooper's episode? Uh, it was early on. And I remember we were shooting at, I mean, we shot a lot of places where we would be, mm-hmm. like the, where we would go. I remember we were shooting at the beauty bar.
2: Hmm. Oh, yeah. 14th Street. Still there. And
0: it was like we had just been to the beauty bar like a few nights before, not knowing that we were going there uh, to shoot. And at the beginning, especially, I I mean, I can't speak for Sarah, but for me, when we were shooting in like a club or a nightclub scene, whatever, you know, first of all, we were all smoking like chimneys. (laughs) <laughs> Until they told us that we shouldn't do that anymore, so we didn't do that. <laughs> and then I was drinking. Like if we if we were at a nightclub and they were drinking, I would be drinking. Yeah, and, and that was really fun because no one was watching the show. Wow. Uh, then by the second season, forget it. All that, all the fun stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So, so when, when, when did you when did you know that this was going to be something larger than what you were doing for the first season? Was there a moment that it clicked?
0: My my story is somewhat well documented, but like I I got I got two uh, pilots on the same day. Um, I took the other show. Oh, and then Sex and the City called and said, "Well, can they called Fox, which was the network for the other show?" And they called and said well will you let him guest on the pilot instead of being regular so i shot the pilot for the other show i shot the pilot for sex in the city and then the other show got picked up and sarah was on broadway so sarah was doing once upon a mattress on broadway for a year so mm-hmm. the show wasn't even going to start shooting episodes for another year so the other show got picked up. It's called Ask Harriet. We shot 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, they aired five, and they canceled it. And we called up Sex in the City and said, Hey, we might have made a mistake. Like, can we come back? And they said, Well, in retooling the show, because they did, um, we feel that this is a recurring character, instead of a regular. We could take him back as a regular, but we won't pay him very much. And he's just going to be sitting around a lot. So we took the contract and it ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me. Because mm-hmm. I could work elsewhere. They were very generous. Uh, they overpaid me. And and everyone loved the character so much that, um, you know, Chris, Note, Chris Note's famous quote is, you know, a, I don't want to be in a scene with that fucking Garson. That was that was one. Uh, and and uh, I think Michael Michael Patrick King would say a, a little bit of Stanford goes a really long way. So like literally, I could be in an episode and have like one line, and then they'd ask people what the episode about. Like, it. oh, it's the one where Stanford. blah, blah, blah. It's like That's- it's like okay, well, I was really basically an extra in that episode, but it was just like a very popular character that yeah. stuck
3: out. Well, I think. I think also, like, we're going on this journey watching it for the first time. So it's funny just, like, hearing just all the fans from around the world always talking to us. And and so many people mention how, like, the show's about friendship. And I think that there's obviously, um, there's obviously the four girls and there's the city. But it is, even watching it, people are so drawn to, like, you have a special friendship with Carrie. And I think... I, I, I don't know. I think people see a lot of their own friendships in in uh, in your friendship with Carrie. Of like, anytime you're in an episode, you see that thing at the beginning that's like Willie Garson. You're like, fuck yeah! yeah. Like <laughs> it's and um,
0: well, it's it, funny. They, it's it's a, it's a real testament to the writers to to create like kind of um, full people. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like listen. Every, every television show starts the same way. Every character is a complete stereotype. Mm-hmm. And that's how shows start. Mm-hmm. This is the smart one. This is the slutty one. This is the you know. This is the sweet one. Uh, that's the gay guy. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the longer you go, if you're blessed enough to go for a while, they become full people. Mm-hmm. And by we, that happened very quickly because we're telling such human stories that we find out so much information, and that if you watch very carefully like the first two seasons all that all the that pipe it's called all that story pipe is to quickly develop more the more that we can know about these people then once you have that any one of them can interact with any other at any Mm -hmm. time yeah and that that's how it's done so we learn about you know in stanford's case we learn about the grant the rich grandmother we mm-hmm. learn that he has a family we learn that he what he does for a living because he's got a client who's a model uh you know with a big bulge like, <laughs> like that, you know so so like we learn we learn as much as we can quickly uh this show much more than other shows mm-hmm. um happen very quick where they give us all the information about the people
1: and, and i also the think Stan- the stanford a- character is also uh there's a lot of emotions that occur with yeah. him with his dating life and when he's do, working through the classified sections there's it's not just uh he's not just the token gay character you actually are exploring a lot of these human things about him and i think that that really makes him such I mean, a it's genuine a, it's a legit character
0: to the writers i mean i didn't i was uh i was very i didn't how do i say this without getting anyone in trouble <laughs> i didn't I didn't audition as a flamboyant character mm-hmm. when we got to shoot the pilot. We, I was kind of pushed to be more flamboyant. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I believe the word, I believe the word was gayer. So, <laughs> and, and I felt very, uh, uncomfortable cause I didn't want to offend anyone mm-hmm. in the community. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was going to be stereotypical, but the writers, because they 're so brilliant uh, and the directors and Michael Patrick King and Darren um, they made sure that this is not offensive because it 's a real person, mm-hmm. yeah uh, giving him his heartache what what makes him laugh, what makes him cry, what does he love, who does he care about mm-hmm. that that makes a real person rather than a cliche.
3: Mm. Yeah. And I I think with the fat, like the bright colors and it's like, I don't know, there's, there's lots of gay best friend characters, but I think that's where I haven't seen on that many television shows the, like the classified ads where you show up and, and Mm -hmm. I think it says Ed Harris type, right?
0: Oh, well he said, no, that's, that's in the models episode where I meet, uh, where I meet Anthony. He said, okay. you, said, you said he looked like Ed Harris. How about, Ed, I have no hair. <laughs> uh, and, and he hates me. No, the classified section is um, is my friend uh, Jack Merrill played the role. And I meet him on the street.
3: Yes,
2: yes. yes. And he walks up to I you. I walk <laughs>
0: up and he literally says, he goes, he looks me up and down. And he goes, I'd rather fuck a wall. <laughs> and it's like, <sighs> if your heart is not breaking.
3: Yeah, yeah. we oh. Stanford
0: at that moment. I yeah, mean, that's that's an amazing thing.
3: Well, and yeah. so many storylines that involve like classified data uh, w- that could be played for cheap comedy so easily of just like no thanks,
0: Rick Nine Plus.
3: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, I think I think there's like a, uh, it's the writing and then how you perform it. Um, and act in it, there's something about Stanford that people are just drawn to and is n- certainly not a stereotype. And for a show that sometimes people, we interview lots of people on the show and some people are like, love to bring up the parts that haven't aged perfectly. I don't think Stanford's ever come up as something that has done anything but like age well. And, and I, I think that's, that's interesting. That's yeah. inter-
0: I mean, the, on- the only thing, the only thing that has not aged well is that to be honest, Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't even audition for it now. Mm-hmm. It's in, it's inappropriate for me to audition right. for it. Yeah, um, and that that's the only thing that's different. But yeah. in terms of the reality is, and this I'm, I don't think I'm going out on a limb by saying this, but I should be able to audition for it mm-hmm. because we should get past uh, that gender or sexuality has anything to do with anything yeah we yeah. should get to the humanity and that's what i'm playing i'm just playing a human being yeah you know, happens to be gay yeah, yeah. Right. um uh, so I, I i hope we get past this um just as you know just as gay men are obviously playing straight people all the time yeah. and yeah um i uh so you know, it was interesting but i do have to say uh I was only partially responsible for creating this character. The character was really created by our costume designer Pat Field.
2: Really, because of the fashion, or
0: well, Pat Field got copious uh, notes and input on on wardrobe and character development for every character on the show, hmm. except except for Stanford. Stanford, right. Pat read the script and said. This one's mine. This is my playground. And Whoa. she never got a note, a direction, a thought, anything from anyone. She just created. And when I talk about six-hour wardrobe sessions, mm-hmm. because every designer on the planet wanted to be on Stanford.
1: <laughs> That's because amazing. They knew,
0: they, knew it was, they knew it was Pat's baby. And they knew that it would be not only talked about, but extremely featured. I mean, mm-hmm. some, of the, some of them we even had to write lines about. I think, what's the episode where she finds another gay friend and I walk up to them on the street and I'm wearing a bright green suit. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. And we,
0: had to, we literally had to add the couplet. I actually go, I'm green with envy. And Sarah has to look at the suit and goes, you certainly are. And that was only because <laughs> I was wearing that suit. that day. <laughs> you know, so we had to like point to it. Like it was just so ridiculous. Do
1: you, do you have a particular outfit that was your favorite that, that sticks out the most?
0: It's so hard. I mean, it's, you know, none of it is really what Willie Garson would wear. Sure. So generally the concept was if it looked good on me and maybe not look like job of the hut. And (laughs) if, if it was, uh, if it's so fit, great and fit the story, and uh, so that would be great. And then if I liked the outfit enough to wear it, we would get the designer to give me something that I would wear in my <laughs> life. So I will. I will say, and we use them a lot. This uh, English designer, Oswald Botang, um, his suits, just his cut was exactly my body. Like it wow. was exactly right for my body. Um, and so his suits fit me really well. Those were beautiful.
2: That's so interesting because we we talk a lot. Um, well, first of all, we talk a lot about how being three straight dudes who none of us are particular, none of us work in fashion, probably clear <laughs> from you seeing us through the zoom. And, uh, you know, like, but like that's the thing we miss the most not, not miss in terms of like, Oh, we missed it. But like the thing that just blows right by oh, us yeah. is the fashion. But it's interesting. Cause we talked to so many female fans of the show and, you know, we've talked to Sarah, Jessica and Kristen, but it's interesting to hear a male character talk about being involved in the fashion and like you getting to interact with designers of the time. And like that whole show from like male characters to female characters to anyone, it, it like didn't miss anyone on fashion.
0: Well, it's, it's interesting because I, I was like the audience mm. when I came to the show. So I went to New York. It was very exciting. I went to New York to shoot the pilot, and I had my day with Pat Field. And I was, you know, I'm a suburban kid from central New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this world is not my world. This high fashion world. And they go, I knew right away because they go, oh, well, you're going to meet with Pat. her atelier and I'm like I'm sorry what (laughs) and I go to Pat's atelier which is something that is in France where you meet with your designer and it was on 8th street near Pat's store and I knew Mm -hmm. that Pat was a very famous designer and I walked in and it was beautiful oriental rugs on the floor and racks and racks of like the most beautiful clothing you've ever seen and A bottle of champagne on ice and a carton of cigarettes and i thought okay game on like if this is (laughs) is something you see in a movie like that you know uh that this is real this is like real life and and it it was
2: (laughs) that's amazing
0: i just i just want to tell you one more thing about pat uh 10 15 years after the fact i think it was even on the second movie came in, we're putting together an outfit and she goes, I'll be right back. And she runs out and comes back in about 20 minutes and she has a pair of cufflinks and she goes, I got these for you 12 years ago. They're perfect for this outfit.
1: Oh my God.
0: Okay. That's fucking crazy. That's crazy. Wow. So that's the Jeez. level of thought she put into it.
3: What a legend. And, and yeah, I... I- I, uh, that's cool that you had that relationship with her. We didn't, we, I, we're clearly aware that it's like Stanford has like bold fashion choices. And like, I think since we're, <laughs> since that's the clothes where, I don't know, we just, the men's fashion to us always stands out more. We talk about it more cause we are, are guys. Um, but that's cool that there was so much thought put into it on her, her end. We went. Well, I think Pat- also, well, there's no fashion
0: for the men on the show. I mean, yes. people, people, you know, the thing people call i gave her the award the fashion designer of the year award Mm -hmm. and i presented her with the award as a fancy dinner and everyone was there tommy hilfiger you know everyone was there Mm -hmm. and uh and i you know i said in my speech like people think she's such a genius because it's so wacky and sarah's wacky with this thing on her head look what kim's wearing today whatever but people forget she also dressed every cop Every yeah. deli owner, you know, I mean, she really is a genius, you know? Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: They're running like full on, full on TV wardrobe production. Plus all the like insane outfits that are happening. Yeah. Steve's, Steve's basketball shorts. Yeah. <laughs> all those, all those Puma tanks. You got to run all, all those too. I mean, come on. Uh, Seriously. That's like
1: two, three like trips Aiden, to TJ Maxx.
0: Oh my J- gosh. gosh.
2: We've had a field day talking about just like, we always talk about like how Aiden just was like straight off of the, the second. Pearl Jam tour, you know, like as a roadie <laughs> at Lollapalooza and, uh, like with his Soundgarden
3: tie dye shirt. It's Mark definitely was...
0: been very Seattle influenced, yeah. I would say.
3: Totally. Can, yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us, um, what it was? I mean, you said a little bit about your, you were the only one in the room, but, um, what, what was the audition process like when you first oh read my for God, it? It's so
0: funny. Um, I I went to an audition just like any, you know, during it used to be more. So it's not so much any now, but pilot season Mm
3: -hmm. is like
0: time of year, like January to April where all the pilots are being cast and there used to be a lot of them and you'd go and go and go until you got one. Mm -hmm. And so this was another pilot audition. I read it. I didn't really get it. uh, So I, I, I wasn't sure what that meant, what it meant. Um, and I also didn't understand what HBO was at the time. Mm, wow. they, had that, they had that football show with O.J. Simpson, like first and ten or something. I, I didn't understand. And they had boxing matches. Boxing, yeah.
1: I remember yeah, the boxing so I matches. Didn't, I didn't
0: know what it was. Um, but anyway, it was just another audition pilot season. And I went a very small room, um, like a broom closet, basically, uh, at Warner Brothers. And um, Russell Gray, the casting director, and Darren Starr were there. And I walked in. I did it. I read it again. Not flamboyant at all. Yeah. Like I just read it as a guy who happened to be gay. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I went to leave. And I so I turned and I was at the door, opening the door. And Darren said, "Willie, uh, hold on a second. And I turned. And I went, what he goes, "That's a great suit." And I, I said, yeah. um, "Thank you." Thing. Okay, and, and I left, and then and that was it. And then they called and said they wanted to make a test deal. I'm like, based on that, I'm like, well, I, I said to my agent, "I'll tell you this: I, I know what suit I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the wearing the one. same suit." Um, and so normally, you make a test deal and go audition at the studio, and then when you get past that, then you go to the network. But this was the same. HBO was the studio and the network. So we made the test deal. I went and there were all these women. Big, fancy, you know, tower in Century City uh, in Los Angeles. And uh, there's all these women for all the other parts Mm. are sitting in the lobby. Um, And so I'm just listening to them to hear more about what was going on. Um, This was in the morning. And my audition for Ask Harriet was at four o'clock in the afternoon. Wow so I went in I was the only one there for Stanford um, which ends up meaning nothing actually now that I think about it because none of the women there got any of the parts.
3: Uh, wow well, yeah
0: they were willing I'm sure they were willing to keep moving forward mm-hmm. like and looking for more people but by by noon I think we got the call that I got it. And they said, well, we're going to have to wait because he has another audition. And the other show was um, for Fox, which was a real network. And it was slightly more money. And I thought, well, that's – and it was really – and it was truly like the true second lead. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know what? If I get that one, I'm going to do that one first.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I did and I did.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's wild – You've just had such an insane career. Like you've been in what I guess I don't know if this is too general, but what is it like to just you're you're just like a go-to comedic actor. You've been in fucking like every big sitcom ever. Like as a doctor, as this, as this like is it What's it, I guess, what, what's it like? We've never talked to someone who's been in 75 different sitcoms, you know? Well, it's
0: interesting. it's interesting. It's not just sitcoms, my friend. Yeah, yeah,
3: oh, I know.
0: I, but I, uh, I'm, I'm actually, uh, so someone convinced me, and this is not a plug because I don't think anyone's ever going to read it, but as kind of an old-fashioned style character actor, mm-hmm. I do like to work all the time. And I also do like every time to be different. Mm. Um, that said, so I'm writing a book right now and it just starts because I have like, I have the longest IMDb that anyone knows of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I literally started in 1985, the f- entry number one, and I just write whatever I need to say about that thing. Some of them I literally write if you held a gun to my head, I could not tell you what this
3: is. (laughs) So
0: so literally some of them are like that, but it just goes on and it's just kind of a journey um, to keep working. Uh, It's funny what you just said, because when I was auditioning for white collar, there was someone at NBC universal uh, who didn't want me and a big executive at NBC universal apparently, I know this from a number of people stood up in the room and said, listen, we don't really know these other people that well, and Willie Garson is like a warm blanket for the audience. Let's <laughs> give them that blanket.
2: That's oh, amazing. That's, that's such a, what a compliment. That's that such a compliment, amazing. though.
0: It's a compliment as long as it's not a wet blanket. Yeah, exactly. Well, like that's, Kevin, a,
1: that's a that book is is incredibly interesting sounding. Yeah, uh, we I, keep us updated as too when it comes out. I'm trying to make out. it
0: very readable, and I'm also trying very hard uh, not to talk shit.
1: Sure. That's not the
0: point of the book. Yeah, well, um, could, I I tell stories, but I don't I don't go there if it if, but I hint that it might have gone there.
1: Yeah, sure, yeah, that, that's great. Yeah, we will we, we, we'll, we'll toss that on the uh, the Bradshaw Boys uh, book club, and yeah. uh, when it comes out, you need you I'm need to let us know. I'm
0: literally up to 1997, and I'm <laughs> on a, on a past page 100, right?
3: Wow, that's amazing. That's I have a, it
0: might be like War and Peace. Like I, I have no idea. <laughs>
3: One of my favorite books uh, when I, I got into acting when I was in high school is it's an encyclopedia of character actors called Who the Hell is That Guy? Oh, that's- <laughs> and I have to – it's at my apartment in New York. So when I get back, I'll see if you're in it. But it's like all these people that you see and everything, and that's always what I was drawn to. Um, there's like the people that became big stars like Philip Seymour Hoffman and John C Riley and then there's just but any character I would always zone no, in no, I'd be like
0: Carson. Yeah
3: what? But be No all, but like, like, like but it just any character actor that that works like you do I think that book will do really well and will but, be inspiring too Okay well yeah. I'll spill
0: I'll spill the beans Okay Wait, you know when your parents are out when you're a kid so you of course route through everything in the house Yeah uh-huh. right? mm-hmm. new dads Nightstand. You're looking in the change drawer, like you know, you find everything. Uh, My father, in his nightstand, had a sexy book, which literally could not have been less sexy. The book, (laughs) and the book was called. I'm I'm not making any of this up. The book is called My First Five (laughs) Hundred, and it's written. It's written like I'm writing my book. It's literally. Number 32 through 37 was a basketball team that I met in the Denver oh, and then my she gosh. describes like whatever happened and it's like it's it's like the book is <laughs> completely <laughs> asexual as far as I'm concerned but <laughs> that's what I based my idea for my book on
2: that's amazing that's that like a sex so in the city funny. that's like a sex in the city episode that like <laughs> yeah. Carrie meets someone that has a book like that someone and then finds Samantha's first thing. 500 yeah they're yeah. writing
0: down like <laughs> oh, okay that's
2: 371 yeah they're like the entire catering staff at my sister. Wedding.
3: That That's is when, hel-
0: by the way. I went online to buy a copy uh. of my first 500, and like a, a first edition is like a thousand dollars. Wow! Or
3: so. Wow! I
0: found a paperback copy, no stains. Uh, that <laughs> that was like sixty dollars or something. So I oh have. I bought a copy and I own a copy.
2: That's great that we, is so kevin and i were looking last night at just the different because you mentioned you were like it's not just sitcoms and it's true though that like I, kevin and i were looking through stuff because i it was interesting looking through and seeing things that i remember seeing you in before i watched sex and the city and being like oh my gosh that too like there's something about mary um you being the doctor in that and then the rock being in the rock oh my gosh which is is it's so, crazy so
0: random. and then. <laughs>
2: And then like a great one from when I was a kid that I feel like no one's going to remember this, but you were in Quantum Leap, the TV show with Scott Bakula.
0: Well, people will remember because they have conventions of leapers. Yeah! (laughs) Wow. (laughs) By the way, that's what they're called. I'm not
2: like making people on the show Quantum Leap are called leapers. No, 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 the fans. Oh, the the fans. fans. Oh, the fans are.
0: (laughs) And uh, I'm a big deal over there. There's a couple shows where I'm a big deal because I'm the only person who did multiple episodes. So like Quantum Leap, I'm the only person who played two different
2: Oh, uh, oh you played on Quantum Leap. Did you play Lee Harvey Oswald
0: on I it? I did. I did because the producer uh, says, I think he's full of crap, but he says that uh, that Lee served with him in Korea. Oh my god. And that- when he saw me in Ruby, was a movie where I played Lee Harvey Oswald, that I was the only one who could play it, even though they had never done it before on the show, repeated someone, but he had to have me. I think he didn't want to have a casting session, is my... <laughs> <laughs> um, the other one is X Files. I'm the only person who did two X Files as two totally different wow. guest stars, and then uh, and then the big one is for those kind of people is um, is Stargate. Uh, they love that crap. Like, okay, amazing. so here's
3: here's a quiz for you. Who's the only sex? Who's the only actor on Sex and the City who played two different characters?
2: Oh, that's a, that's a good key question. That's a great question
3: because. because- I the, feel
0: it's this guy. Is it a guy? We're
3: it's called. A guy. We're fans of Sex and City. We're called Sexers, and the, <laughs> the Sexers are big fans. It's a. It is a guy.
2: It is it's a guy. a
0: guy, and he has a famous father. He's um, he's Peter Lawford's son. What's oh. his name?
3: Justin Theroux.
0: Oh no, not Justin. Oh, well, but that would make sense. There's another guy. I feel, but I, think... I wouldn't be like an A guest star. It's just like smaller. Okay, players. Peter. Um, Justin Thoreau played two different parts. He plays,
2: yeah. he plays a guy who is, um, it's, oh, the mother is the woman. Oh, I'm, I'm messing all this up, but basically he plays a guy who like has sex issues and his mother is trying to work it's through them and their family. Yeah. yeah. And their family like talks way too much about it and Carrie's dating him. So, and then he also plays another guy a season before where I think Carrie meets up with them at like union square when her and big are kind of like in an off moment. And so it's weird but yeah. then like what happens is when you see him a season later and he's a totally different character he has shorter hair and he has like wire rim glasses it's like he's well, like he's, his college self
0: You know he's an interesting case that Justin Thoreau because I don't get Justin Thoreau I'm like I'm I'm in a fog because I never know what he looks like yeah. <laughs> Cuz yeah. he looks different he looks different all the time well, and now, yeah. like now he looks nothing like he looked 20 years ago
2: that's a great point. I mean, like him and the leftovers, he looks completely different than he did in sex in the completely city. Completely different. Yeah. And totally like, different. I, you
0: know, I was, I was pretty good friends with him for a minute. Cause he was going out with a dear friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I saw the leftovers and I'm like, is that just like, that's so weird. Cause he looks nothing like the person I know.
2: Yeah, totally. Um, well,
0: and I don't mean, I don't mean in like a Mickey Rourke kind of way, like some horrifying.
3: Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, oh man. I feel do like we? your book, I feel like you say you're not going to, I feel like your book's going to have some real zingers in there. Oh I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, this
2: book's got to be a roast fest, man. You just got to like <laughs> No, throw no, it out no, there. no, I don't do it. I don't
3: <laughs> do
0: it. I, I feel my book is getting to be too corny because I was like so afraid of like offending anyone and talking shit
1: no well, i no. think well, every like you said every niche fandom though will be interested in picking up a, a, a copy whether it's the x-files that's fans true. the sex and the city fans the, the leapers like i think that's going to be a, a really interesting thing for kind of all those
2: yeah
3: fandoms that uh, i just don't
0: want it to be 600 pages long <laughs> <laughs> so, I,
3: we do <laughs> <laughs> um we are going to uh go ahead and ask you these are fan questions and um the AWA, ask Willie anything. I, I got yes. I got one
2: that I got one that I could start with. It's yeah, from go for um it. it's from well I have two from Twitter and I'll give them to you. The first one is from uh, Lindsey Liu, Lou and the second one is uh, from John John Legends Virginal Butt Cheeks. That's the Twitter name of this. <laughs> <So the> first- <laughs>
0: Do we, do we really know that about John Legend? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's it, it, a, a great question. Are they, are
1: they virginal?
2: Well, that's what you got. We'll have, gotta, we'll you have, have, you have to answer that in the book. You got to see. That's yeah. the
1: first question.
0: Are <laughs> they? Are, <laughs> are
2: they really virginal?
0: I have no idea. I
1: have no
2: idea. So the first question is the hardest. You ever laughed on set? Do you remember that? Ooh. Oh
0: Jesus! I mean,
2: that's from Lindsay. No,
0: I don't remember because we just laughed all the time. Um All I had to do was imitate George Jefferson and we ha- would laugh for 20 minutes. Like my favorite television show of all time. Uh, but uh, I, no, I, I I don't. I mean, okay. it, it, there were scenes that were very hard to get through. Let's just put it that way. Okay. We
2: laugh a lot. And then the second one is, I I feel like you might've been asked this before, but do you have any insight on what would have happened in Sex and the City 3?
0: I, I don't have a lot of insight. Um, I believe, uh, uh, on the, the broadest strokes, I believe I was going to have a child, uh, that oh. Anthony and I were maybe going to have a child, um, mm. I, I, and that maybe Sarah was not going to end up with Big uh, through either divorce or death or whatever. <laughs> That's, I have no idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: but we got, we got close, but not close <clears throat> enough.
1: She would be a great, a great godmother to your child, I
3: feel like, oh, on, in the God. show. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, when you mentioned earlier that Chris Noth said, "Don't put me in a scene with Billy <laughs> Let's Garson." Go back to that. Can we? I mean, uh, w- what is that? Is that real beef or fake he beef? He felt that he felt that Stanford uh, took a
0: ton of focus.
3: Uh... So his
0: his his concept was that if uh, it was a compliment, uh, for sure but also he wasn't kidding (laughs) (laughs) that if I, if I was in a scene, certainly in one of those fakakta outfits Mm -hmm. that no one is looking at anything else in the scene other than me. So he, that was like a direction of his, don't give me any scenes with that fucking Garson.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) All right. I took as a compliment. This is,
3: uh, this is, uh, from Tina Huddleston And uh, you'll have to help me with with what this was in. But what was it like to film with Liza Minnelli?
0: Well, Liza Minnelli marries, uh, marries Anthony and I, Mario Cantone
2: and I in the second.
3: What? You get married to Mario Cantone? You know that we haven't finished the We haven't finished it yet.
2: No, but we always say spoilers are off the table. Spoilers are off the table. But isn't it crazy that we don't know that, and that's like a spoiler to us? I and it's literally been 20 just years? asked my mm. wife
1: that, like, like three days ago. I was like, "Does Stanford end up?" and she was like, "I'm not saying
3: anything." Wow. So that is that wow. is fantastic news. If there I was didn't a realize way to that either. That, if there's a way to get that spoiler, it's from you. That's inc- That's amazing. I mean,
0: here's the thing: it's such a huge thing. Uh, you know, what an icon and a legend. Uh, you know, it's beyond comprehension. And what could be a gayer wedding than to be married by Liza Minnelli? <laughs> and so much so that once again, like the green suit, I actually had to add a line. So she she marries us, and she says, "You know, I do, and I do." And I go to you, da da da, da. and I go, "I do, Liza Minnelli," <laughs> I had to add it because it was so ridiculous. That's like, amazing. <laughs> Oh man. Oh, I
3: can't wait to see that. Mario Cantone. So good. It's the I'm, second
0: uh, movie. It's in the second movie. Okay. okay.
3: Um, let's see. Uh oh, also this this is not a question, but it says uh from Country Girl. She says, love Stanny at Willie Garson. I love the episode where he's quote green with envy in that green suit. So <laughs> ooh, perfect. Um I mean, so, here's, the th-
0: here's the thing. Like we we didn't ad lib on the show but I would sometimes go to Michael Patrick King with a better blow, like a blow is Mm. like the end of a scene. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he would say, he he fought me on it at the beginning, but then he would give me one take with that. And after a few months of him being on the show, he came to me and said, I realize in editing, I was using a lot of yours. So have at it. Mm. So then we became more partners, which is how I like to work. Yeah. And it's not how he came in, but how I like to work. And now we're compadres, so, so
3: uh here's <laughs> this one's really good, especially now that the spoiler happened. But MK Lean said, Did uh did you know and when did you find out in the writing process that you were gonna end up with Anthony?
0: Uh no no, I did not know, and I never found out in the writing process. Did hmm. you did you, I saw I saw it in the script.
3: Okay. Wow. How what was it like when you saw that? Were you like I was like, really? Cause like, um, in the first movie,
0: we happen to be in the same nightclub mm-hmm. at, at midnight on New Year's Eve. And we don't have anyone to kiss. That's the whole, the whole, uh, the whole sequence is about people at midnight, mm-hmm. uh, that, that little, uh, montage. And, uh, so he comes past me at the, uh, at the nightclub. And obviously we've established that we don't like each other. And, uh, we just, I kiss him. And uh, I'm like, so that's where we left it. That's it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and then, uh, and then lo and behold, I read the next script and I'm like, what? What? <laughs> like, what, happened to, what happened to the hot one, uh, the, yeah. dan- the Broadway dancer, uh, <laughs> Sean, What is his name Sean? Marcus, 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 Marcus,
1: Marcus, yeah. you, the, Marcus we,
2: that was the male escort. At, yeah,
1: you, yeah. We, uh, yeah, you just, the last episode we watched, you just broke up with uh, Marcus because because uh, you found out he was a, an
2: escort. Yeah, I in the class. Up. Or didn't
0: we get back together at the prom?
2: You got back together at the prom. You That's the last to, thing we saw. I forgot about the
0: prom scene. You
1: got back, back yeah, together at the
0: prom. One of the most beautiful scenes. Yes. Yeah yeah, uh, yeah,
2: yeah, when he cuts yeah, 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 yeah. In. So It was so beautiful. So beautiful. Oh my
0: God. What's the song? Is it, I Know This Much Is True? What What's...
2: Oh, no. it, it's uh,
3: I don't remember.
2: Oh,
0: it's such a great song, and Sarah and I had so much fun dancing at the prom, and it was like That's, yeah, that scene is great.
3: fantastic. That's okay. Great. This this might require some Willie Garson improv, but uh, how do you think that Stanford and Carrie met? In in your actor backstory, how do you think they became friends?
0: Oh, definitely at a restaurant.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> like waiting for people. Like she, my guess is, I've thought about this before. Maybe she was uh, waiting for the girls, mm-hmm. and I was sitting at the bar. Um, if I want to go deep, like maybe stood up on a date, and mm-hmm. she's waiting for the girls, and we start talking, and she says, Do you have a cigarette? And I'm like, and then she orders. A cosmopolitan I'm like, oh my god, that's what I drink. And you know, I just could imagine like that's how it went down. Oh, yeah, that's great perfect. And she's like, what? You
3: have a Skynet pager too, we should keep in touch.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's how it was born.
2: Yeah.
0: You're Jewish oh. from New
3: Jersey too? <laughs>
2: uh you, well, you were on Quantum Leap. I'm a leaper. Yeah. Carrie was a leaper. <laughs> that's what it was.
3: Well, um, um, we um, cannot, cannot thank, thank you, you enough. Thank you so much thank you so much, is, Willie. When well, we f- thanks for having me
1: when
2: we
3: when we first garson guys tonight garson guys guys. um we uh our dream would be once things are back to normal to be able to do some sort of live show out in la or out back back in new york And and i think i think it's funny we we wanted to do that and now that there's no more live events i feel like more than ever we're fiending for being like when when we're able to do some sort of live event again we would we would have you ever Love done? To.
0: Have you ever done like a recording at, on one of the bus tours with those people who go on those bus tours?
3: No, no. we haven't. There's another podcast that is two hosts from that. I actually used to. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I used to give Sex and City walking tours, even though I had never seen the show. <laughs> I just like <laughs> like I just got offered like a gig and I took it, and it'd be it, like, like it. midway through the tour, people would be like. It seems like you did, haven't seen the show. And I'm like, I haven't. And they're like, oh my. And then the girls would get so into like showing me around. I'd be like, all right, here's where we're going next. That's so,
0: amazing. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. amazing. I mean, my, my mother, who was like a serial liar, uh, used, to work, used to work for the Big Apples. The Big Apples is in the mayor's office in New York. Mm-hmm. And if you're visiting New York, you can call the mayor's office and the Big Apples and say, I want a tour of whatever financial district, Little Italy, whatever. And they have volunteers who know all about that area, and they meet you for lunch, and then they take you on a tour. And I, can, I always like imagine, because my mother lied about everything? So I can always, I can almost imagine like her tours would be like. Oh yeah, this is where George Washington lost his tooth like whatever. I mean, like it, I'm sure she just made up crap all the time.
2: This is the first diner that Alexander Hamilton ever worked at. Yeah, Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, that's amazing. Uh, that's fantastic. Well, well, thank you we are we are so incredibly grateful for for you spending the night with us. We, we thank you so much thanks for so having fun. me
0: it's early here in los angeles so it was nothing this is part of my work day <laughs> <Perfect>. that's
3: great <laughs> well please when you're when your book is ready we would yes. we would love to to does this
0: mean i have to finish it now i think you so you said it out loud
3: yeah absolutely yeah I've we gotta have it the existence. book club. yeah
2: i'm
0: getting back into it tomorrow
2: great Perfect. great all right send us pages awesome all
3: right, thank, you so nice you. thank you so much thank you nice to meet you as thank, well take, take thank much, you Willie. we'll see you bye now uh that was amazing that was incredible um how how are you feeling john
1: he is just a a, just a ray of sunshine that was like so his stories just had me completely enraptured like i was just like so he's so he's so magical
3: that was so fun you know what i was thinking first of all it's funny to imagine that maybe right now he's like texting sarah jessica parker and just being like, "Hey, I just did that thing that you did with those dudes."
2: You know what would be amazing if is he, if he, like, if you imagine this like a TV show, and he kind of like wistfully like logs off Zoom, and then he just kind of goes, "Those guys," and then he reaches in his desk and he opens this drawer, and then he reaches in and, and he just pulls out a Skynet pager, yeah. <laughs> and then he just texts her, and then it cuts to her, and she's like. Oh wow! I know the Bradshaw boys. <laughs> oh Dude, man,
1: she's got it in some like super hidden compartment somewhere <laughs> in her house, and it's just like this guy that pagers rigging. <laughs> it's no, like but, like, a bat I, like, phone. Uh, what was crazy is like I, you know, while we were talking, we had beforehand. I had his his IMDb his filmography up, and it's just like like name a movie, like name any movie or TV show, and he has been in it. It's like yeah.
3: it's it's actually
1: legit bonkers i was so embarrassed
3: i said sitcoms i was just scrolling through i wanted to bring up being john malkovich and groundhog's day because those are two of my favorite films yeah and i was just i was blown it was like mad about you cheers well it's crazy like i so i i felt like embarrassed when he was like more than sitcoms because i knew that but it's like also for the era of sitcoms like he's been he'd be on a list of like most most sitcoms not well, just most sitcoms, but like the big ones, like the Super Bowl of every sitcom. You know, well, you're not it's, wrong.
2: Yeah, you're not wrong in the sense that he has been on every sitcom, and then he's also been on tons of TV every dramas other show, and yeah. In yeah. lots of movies. He's been in a million things. It's just wild. It's
1: like, I, and also his book is just such a great i such a great idea. Like,
2: yeah,
3: uh, I would definitely read that book. I also uh, one thing that I thought when you know, because now. I mean, we've done interviews with Candace, uh Kristen, and Willie and Ben. Um, first name for all of them. And we've done it with SJP too. But um SJP since it was uh the quarantine episode, and then the other thing was like a quick rush that it, it seems like everyone were they're so much wittier and funnier and like snappier yeah. than because they're not acting. It's like, oh, you're high. Wit, intelligence, and very funny to talk with, yeah. and um, and it made me it was it was just cool to be able to I don't know just shoot the shit with someone who is like oh yeah you're fucking hilarious. Well, and yeah. you also I, realize how much he knows about when he was talking about how
2: uh, White Collar was shot and Sex in the City yeah. was shot, and you realize like someone who's been on that many film sets understands like the craft of what he's making. He's just like an incredibly sharp, witty, quick, funny but also warm, caring, great individual.
3: Dude, imagine yeah. imagine how much information towards how a film set works that dude has. Yeah. He's it's like crazy. he's like Regis Philbin on yeah. who's like logged the most hours on TV. He's probably been on set like for the past f- f- 35 years. Like Yeah. It's um, unbelievable. Also I was going to say uh oh, there's a, oh when he was talking about being on set for those of you in case you didn't uh it was hard to understand he was saying that sex in the city was shot um from above because going and down then, yeah. and white collar shot more from from down yeah. Yeah. i didn't want to interrupt him because it was early on yeah.
2: yeah um but yeah but like the angles thing when he was talking about but yeah, if it how, was
1: later, you would have wanted to interrupt if, him.
2: If it was later, you'd have been like, "Hey, man, we're we're close now. I'm going to call you out on this. Okay, I'm going to
3: interrupt you." It's 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 difficult to for anyone to understand what it's like to just be like these people are hanging out, and you know they're not getting paid. Like they're done and in a, and they don't know what they're getting into. And are you guys stressed? I'm always like stressed. I'm like, is the internet okay. working? Is it recording? I will, and are we going to embarrass ourselves? <laughs> you know,
2: the only time I'm really stressed is like, when we get in there. Yeah. It's the beginning. Like it's when we're trying to set up, like we didn't record this obviously cause we're starting, but like we're trying to set up the tech with people and yeah. you're, you're getting, you know, you're walking through something and like, this is the whole thing of quarantine and COVID where this is what like celebrities and actors like him, are usually on a film set with a crew and now they have been tasked with like going like you watch the today show it's like Leslie Odom Jr. in his house with like AirPods in and his zoom yeah. freezes. And like, so the only time I'm stressed is like when we were in the beginning, I was like, um, d- 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 do you have other headphones you can use? Yeah. Yeah, hang on. Corey, and
3: like Corey is Corey's <laughs> responsible for having to be like, he's like, yeah, I have headphones. And Corey's like, um, can you get different ones? Different and ones? I was just in there. I'm like, I'm so fucking glad Oh I my not that job. But he was, yeah. he was so, he was so nice about it. I think also, I think you're right, Corey. Like, people are more used to that and I feel like it's been good that we've adapted to our system to get more guests on because then we haven't had to be like wait another year to go to LA. Like we've been able to get these people on partially because this has been less scary. So yeah. um, But everybody the rumors are true. Willie Garson is uh, just so funny and so So generous with his time and was just like a fun hang. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Thank you, Willie. And um, I think I think that one's in the books for Stanford Blatch. He's right. just as amazing in person as he is on the screen.
3: Signing off. Later you, Taters. Everyone. This has Later been the taters. Blatch Boys. The Blatch Boys. The Garson Bye. guys. The Garcia guys.
2: Later Taters.
1: Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cabin, Kevin James Doyle, and John Sieber. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and narrated by Katie Sieber. This podcast is part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Check out all their great podcasts at seltzerkings.com. You can find the boys on their socials at The Bradshaw Boys or on their website at theBradshawboys.com. And as always, if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening.
3: What? You get married to Aunt Mario Cantone? Holy shit!